Good morning and welcome to Green Pass Gaming Sunday morning coffee morning with me, your host Flap, and the rest of the GPG crew. We are, we have assembled. It's been again. It's been a little while. We seem to keep sort of skipping the old one here and there through work and life commitments, but that's just the nature of the beast, unfortunately. Yeah, but here we are. We're back this morning, and uh, yeah, well, we'll get straight into it. this morning. Is kind of an informal chat, not anything else. Not really any huge news waves going on at the moment so i thought we could just have a, a skip over most of them um and, and see what we all come up with but uh, let's just do a quick round of introductions and we'll start with yourself pucks as you're next to me on the screen how are you my friend and uh, yeah what's been going on yeah good morning all i'm very well thank you thanks yeah um a little bit sunburnt. was at a wedding yesterday uh in a three-piece suit as well which wasn't very nice in terms of the heat uh and yeah i caught the sun unfortunately even though i didn't feel like i was in the sun that long but uh yeah, very strong weather and all that. So I'm, I'm a little bit, bit of a tomato this morning. But outside okay. of that, yeah, I've been enjoying a lot of PlayStation actually since the release of the uh, PS Plus. I've dabbled in a bit of Xbox here and there, but pretty much all of my attention has been playing and catching up on various titles that I not wanted to spend money on when they were even when they <laughs> was on sale during the PlayStation stuff. So now I can just kind of download them and give them a go at least. I've uh, been dabbling in quite a few different things. So that's that's yeah, that's been me really as a quick summary. Yeah, no, to be fair, I've been exactly the same. I guess it was always going to be the case. There's quite a few um, PlayStation games that I'd elected to miss out on because I kind of suspected something like this might be coming along. Um, and yeah, now I'm fully catching up with all of those, but uh, perhaps we'll come on to that in a bit. Luke, you're up next, my friend. Yeah, what have you been up to? Yeah, uh, not too much, actually. Um, so uh, I finished Inscription, uh, which uh -huh. I did early, earlier in the week, earlier last week. Um, which is brilliant. Um, and then just been kind of floating about, playing stuff, um, nothing in particular, some thoughts here and there, uh, some stuff on the Steam Deck here and there. Um, and, uh, and that's been about it, really. So so no no primary game at the moment, but I'm, I'm searching for the next one, I think. So Okay, yeah, fair enough. Um, and Scott, what have you been up to, my friend? Yeah, not an awful lot of um, games, unfortunately, mate. Um, I've wow. had a little bit of a little bit of a week away this week. Um, I had a week off work. So me and the missus went across the lakes. Um, unfortunately, got a little bit of a heat stroke while, while I was there, which wasn't pleasant. Um, but since last week, I've mainly been playing um, Final Fantasy VII Remake. I'm about five or so chapters into that at the moment. Um, I completed the, uh, A Plague's Tale. Um, oh. That was just oh. after after last Sunday's show. Um, so and and obviously the usual multiplayer shenanigans, Fall Guys, Halo, and 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 the like. So um, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to playing a little bit more Final Fantasy today. It's genuinely for me too hot to go outside, so I'm going to <laughs> close the curtains, try to keep the sun out, and uh, and play some games after this. Oh, fantastic. Well, let's let's come back to each of you in reverse order because um, you've all said something I want to pick up on. But so, what did you make of Plague's Tale? Really, really enjoyed it, Flap, um, and I'm really excited for the the second game now. Um, if if anything, I'd say maybe a little too short. I would like it a little bit more. It was only about eight to ten hours, but because I was enjoying it so much, maybe just an extra couple of hours. I wouldn't want it to be like 30, 40 hours or anything like that. But maybe just an extra. Um, uh, two or three maybe on top of it but um yeah i, I really really in, enjoyed it a hell of a lot more than i expected um but it was the requiem uh trailer that got me excited um so i thought right i really need to play this this game so um yeah really really enjoyed it it did i, I know you're a big fan flat puck so look mm. have, have you guys completed it oh yeah yeah 
Absolutely loved it. Yeah, yeah, I, I completed it. Uh, yeah, and it's it's great. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Um, so uh, yeah, I think Requiem just looks the same but bigger, better. It looks like a sequel, uh, yeah. which is great. Um, Do we know so, where yeah. they're planning on going with the story? Apologies for bugs in the background there. Don't think so. Uh, I think it's a. I think it's just a straight continuation of of the first game, uh, but I don't know what direction that will take. And I'm desperately um, trying to remember how the story ended. Like, oh, yeah, it's been a while now. <laughs> yeah, something yeah. with Hugo and Amicia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll there. I'll try to skirt around it a bit, but the, the sort of the final boss is against the the matriarch in the church. Oh yes, yes, uh, and yeah. he's yeah, got yeah. the. Dif- the yes. different rats, uh, I'll admit that should hopefully be, yeah. be, be yeah. enough. Um, yeah, so I'm curious as to mm. where they go with it because obviously after you do that, the final bit is kind of um, them going somewhere with someone. Uh, I don't want to spoil it too much in case, in case anyone's um, saying it. There's a couple of characters that don't that aren't in that final scene. Um so I'm, I'm really curious as to where they go with the story and, and, and how they tackle Hugo's ability in the next game. And yeah, it's difficult to talk about when you're trying to skirt around the spoilers yeah, of the game because yeah. it is obviously very story-focused. But yeah, really excited. And that's October, isn't it, for Requiem? Uh, or September? It's October, I think. I think it's October. October. Yeah. 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 Really, really looking forward to it. Well, that's not far off, yeah. is it, Blummy? Um, no. Coming up for being halfway through July already. Crikey. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's, oh, that's cool. I'm pleased you tried it. And, uh, you know, it, it's always nice when when you know about a game and people highly recommend it and you try it and you actually like it. It's like, oh, okay, right, this is what everyone's been on about. Because like you were saying, you know, we can't necessarily go into details as to what kind of why it's a good game and stuff on some level. But, yeah. uh, well, funny we should say mention that because, um, Luke, I've, um, on your advice, probably a little while ago now, I downloaded the inscription demo, and you said it was quite a beefy demo, and it, and it was, and is. Um, but I've been playing that this week as well because, funny enough, it's it's coming to PlayStation as well. I noticed that. Yeah. It's, I don't. I don't think it's a release date, and it doesn't. They haven't announced Xbox or Nintendo yet. But um, that's a fantastic game, and I'm still playing through it. So you actually completed it this week, did you? I did. Yeah. Uh, I think it took about um, uh, twelve hours. In total, so it's not it's not a short game, you know. It's uh, for for an indie uh, deck builder, you know. It's it's actually pretty beefy as a full game, uh, and uh, I'm really glad it's coming. I'm sure we'll get ports for everything. Um, uh, PlayStation's just happens to be the first. Uh, funnily enough, when I put on on so I put on Twitter that um, I think had I played the game last year, it would have been very close, if not my game of the year. Uh, even oh, wow. even as against Returnal and stuff, I don't I don't quite know which one would have been game of the year. Uh, but but Daniel Mullins, uh, who created the game, actually liked my tweet, which was quite nice. Oh. So um, <laughs> so that was really cool. Um, and um, yeah, I can't really say enough about it. Um, and it's it's a frustrating game to talk about because it goes in places that you just don't expect. And I think that's like half of the enjoyment, you know, particularly these days when kind of games within the first, you know, hour, you've, you've pretty much done most of the things in the game. And it's just a question of whether you enjoy it enough to do it for the, you know, another 20 hours. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Inscription's not really like that. It's It starts off as one thing and changes to another. And it's got a theme throughout it, which is deck building card stuff. But it's just bonkers, really. I mean, it's just a crazy, crazy game. So uh, I'd keep 
keep playing it. Um, you know, if you've not bought it, then uh, and you enjoy the beefy demo, then and buy yeah, it. You know, I've um, bought it. I, I must be oh, yeah, halfway great. through, I think. So it, it does that fantastic thing where it kind of breaks the fourth wall, and it's like, oh right, okay. And then you yeah. have to get your head around that bit, and yeah, yeah it's and a great game. you get you get past Act One, and then the way the game is presented changes pretty significantly, and there's all the the stuff that comes from that. So uh, yeah, oh, it's I, just. I'm... I'm still to yet get to that bit then, by the sounds of it. Oh, okay, That's quite okay. Exciting. Well, oh, wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not not too spoilery that, but it's it's mm. it's strange. Um, you'll see. Um, but uh, yeah, the, I mean the 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 whole. I mean, even if the game was just the bit in the cabin, which is you know where you start, mm. it's so atmospheric in the cabin and like so weird um, that it you, you know it would just be amazing just that, but it it doesn't. It doesn't. It isn't just that. So, um, yeah. There's a, just keep there's playing. A, there's a bit where the hands come and come and grab you. <laughs> that freaks the hell yeah, out of me. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's kind yeah. of like um, it's kind of like horror-ish, I guess. The you know the the cabin yeah. stuff. It's it's mm. uh, it has that feeling to it, doesn't it? So uh, mm, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Cool. Well, like I say, I was I was surprised to see it coming to PlayStation, but both pleased. And I thought, well, before it comes to the consoles, I'm going to at least get it all done on Steam and stuff. It'd be a hell of a lot cheaper on Steam. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I think it's about sixteen quid on Steam. So I don't know what the consoles will be selling it for. Yeah, and it's on sale now on Steam. I think still, so uh, it's about eleven eleven quid now. Okay. Um, so yeah, and I uh, like I played it purely on the Steam Deck because I think it's kind of the perfect game. For that and and it's again brilliant of this like the brilliance of the Steam Deck is it doesn't have a supported um con- like it it doesn't have a default Steam Deck controller configuration um but there's tons of community ones that you just quickly download oh, okay. mm-hmm. uh, and so you know it was everything because it's a you know uh, on it's very much keyboard and mouse game uh, but uh, someone had very kindly you know remapped everything to the touchpads and you know. Nice. Um, mm-hmm mouse clicks were the triggers it was really intuitive really cool so yeah, yeah i'm surprised they didn't bring that to the switch i mean perhaps uh, i don't know if that's the quite the right market i don't know but it, like you say it seems to fit nicely into the handheld um, yeah i think they will i think they will yeah i think they will yeah it doesn't make sense for it to only come to playstation i imagine maybe they just got the yeah. announcement of the console ports and as like it says it'll probably come i mean it didn't yeah. even get a date the PlayStation did it. No, I thought that was mm. odd. That was a bit odd. Yeah. Because yeah. when it did, I thought, oh, I'll go and have a look on the Xbox channel because they tend to, you know, when new games drop, they tend to do it simultaneously. There was just nothing. I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting then. PlayStation have been dro- dropping a hell of a lot of videos lately um, on the on their YouTube channel. Um, yeah. Pucks, um, so what have you been playing? I mean, I know you've been trying to catch up on, on PlayStation Plus. I'm guessing you've got the medium tier. I can't remember what that's called. No, Is I've that... got the top one. Oh. I went straight for premium, so I've been enjoying PS1 and PS2 as well. Go on, then. <laughs> talk us through that. Uh, okay, well, let's start from the very bottom. So PS1-based stuff. There's also a few things in there which I downloaded for things that I had played in the past just to see how they played. Like I think uh, Tekken 2 was one of the games I loved way back when. And when I, I think a lot of the reviews for it was saying that it runs a nice smooth 60 because it's the NTSC version, not the PAL version. Okay. So you kind of get all those nice silky smooth animations, frame rates, all that kind of jazz. And it does play really well. And one of the things that I'd completely forgotten when I've been dabbling in it is the uh, the random difficulty spikes you seem to get on, like say, stage three, for example, when 
the AI just becomes absolutely monstrous, and it, <laughs> you know, you want you just want to throw the controller again, just like I did way back, because it <laughs> it's a pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, that's been really good fun, just kind of dabbling in and out of that, because again, that's the kind of game where you do just pick it up for about say 10 15 minutes you go for a campaign or two of a character unlock them and then you can just put it down which is what i really like about it um another game i think a lot of us may have played mainly as a demo disc if if not had the game was a uh, ape escape as well so i remember really loving the demo when that first came out but i think like a lot of kids in the late 90s early noughties uh the the best we got by with was getting the official playstation magazine and dabbling through all of your catalog via demo discs so a lot of people's. I saw a few videos on this as well, which I could definitely resonate with. Which was that, um, as kids, a lot of our memories of having played all of these wonderful and weird PS1 games actually only comes from the, the tiny snippet that you got on a demo disc. So it's actually, I, f- I found it quite fun actually jumping into Ape Escape and playing it fully. And I'm actually, again, because I never played it fully, I have no nostalgia for it, which I know we talked about in the past. I know Luke and Scott are definitely not keen on it. I definitely understand that sentiment, but going back to an older game, which, at least in my opinion, which you hadn't really played but heard good things about, and being able to play it despite the wonky controls, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, I've actually really enjoyed to the point. Um, at some point, because Ape Escape Two is also on the PS2 service as well, so part of me is kind of maybe going to jump onto that at some point. But uh, I've mainly been, so those two I've been dabbling in. Uh, PS2 side, it's mainly been the Jack and Daxter games. Uh, but I already had Jack and Daxter 1. I bought that when it first came out on PlayStation many years ago, as in when it came to PS4. Dabbling into some Jack 2 here and there, which is quite nice. How um, does the Jack and Daxter games hold up, Pucks? Because they're the type of games that I just fear just wouldn't hold up in this day and age, which makes me hesitant to go back and play some of those type types of games. If you want an easy-to-play collectathon, I think Jack and Daxter 1 is... For me, it really does hold up because... Okay, you, that's good to hear. I mean, gra- uh, these are... What do they call them? I think Sony call them... They're, P- they're technically PS4 remasters, I think they call them, but they're not really. They're just kind of PS2 games running on an emulator with a slight up-res. Well, I think that's the intention. But they, at least when I play them, they don't like. They don't look super crisp and clear. They, they look, do look a tad blurry, so... You kind of have to get over that in a way, but if you if you can easily get over that, then for me they hold up really well. Uh, especially Jack and Daxter One because that's the one where there's the the combat is pr- primitive to the, to today's standards. Yeah, there's no guns or weapons or anything. It's just like a punch and a spin, and you're just running around the different biomes really. But I think one of the things that I do like about the first game, which again even now I think is a, a definitely a, a great marvel, is the fact they kind of the way they designed the game, they managed to avoid any loading screen. So at no point in the game do you ever have a hard cut and transition to load something else. It's all dynamic throughout. And that's I think that's the biggest part for me, which stands out in terms of its re- impressiveness and replayability. Um, yeah, the, the combat and the, just the way it plays definitely holds up for me. Uh, I can't necessarily comment on Jack 2 or 3. Uh, they are quite long stories if you've not played them before. And I think, for again, they had like vehicles and stuff in those ones. And the vehicle controls are definitely wonky. And there's definitely sections where you have to use a vehicle and you're timed as well. Uh, so it can be hit and miss, especially when you replay a section. I don't know. I mean, because I've played it before and I loved it, I kind of forgave it. But I, I can definitely understand anyone who goes into these games thinking, Christ, people really liked this back then. But <laughs> back then it was really good, right? So you knew we knew no different. 
so that's kind of what I've been up to on the PS2 front. Uh, and I've, dab- I've not dabbled in this in a good couple of weeks now, but I have actually trialed some PS3 streaming as well with, uh, I think, Ratchet and Clank, a, crank in- a cracking time, I think it's called. Um, that's been good fun. Um, it is a shame, I think. I understand why, but it is a shame that you can't, they haven't managed to get around to potentially downloading these games or trying to emulate them locally mm. in some description. Well, I appreciate the updates. Yeah, go on. There was a patent drop recently, wasn't there, where people are suspecting that there may be uh, some some hardware emulation on its way to PS5 for PlayStation 3. Um, I don't know if you saw that in the news this week. but um... Not this week, but I had heard about it in the past. Mm. Um, mm. But I kind of do think it's needed. The streaming's okay, but when, you know, and I've got a wired connection with my PS4, so I get good speeds and, the rum- and you know, it's, it's a lot better than it was. Because I remember trying PS Now... <coughs> A good couple of years ago when it roughly first came out, like you know, paying for a, or getting a free one month trial or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, and it was it was very ropey. Like the input lag was all over the place. Uh, the game selection wasn't great either. So that even that alone didn't necessarily justify the nine quid a month, I think it was. And that was obviously separate at the time to uh your ten quid a month PlayStation Plus or whatever it was. So <laughs> it was a very weird scenario kind of looking back on it. But it seems I'm to glad to hear a that's lot. improved. Yeah, because I had the same experience as you, Pucks. I f- I tried it maybe about eighteen months ago, and it was it was honestly unplayable. Um, yeah. Even what what game? I think I tried to play The Last of Us, and just the input lag. I think the opening scene when you're in a bedroom. Is it? Are yeah. you in a bedroom? You, well, you're in a house. Yeah. Yes. Um, and just moving around the house and trying to open doors. It was just. Yeah. It it was really really bad, and I'm the same as you. I've got a wide. I've got a uh, really good connection as well um so i'm I'm glad to hear that that's that that's improved a little bit but out out of interest guys the ps3 emulation obviously it's cloud-based at the moment how are they have they just got ps3s hooked up in the cloud or are they doing are they just using some sort of emulation (laughs) based on pc because surely they don't have original ps3 hardware um being used so they must be emulating it on some hardware, and I believe you can emulate PS3 games on PC at the moment. So surely there's a future where PS3 games can just be natively ran on. Surely the PlayStation 5 is powerful enough to to emulate P- PS3 games. Um, did, did you uh, Did you see the patent that, that was submitted? I saw the headline. I didn't. I didn't yeah. read it in too much detail, though. Flap. But it, it, you know, as these as these images and patents are, are they? Um, it was very vague, but the one thing it did say, it said cell processor. So everyone's thinking, oh, well, this must be PlayStation 3, you know, native PlayStation 3 emulation on the PS5. But that's a really good question. How the hell are they doing it in the cloud? Like you say, have they got a bank of PlayStation 3s or is it just a, <laughs> a load of Blade servers that are running it somehow? Good question. Yeah. I don't well, know. You can emulate PS3 games on PC. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I don't know how good though, the right? compatibility is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, it must be, it must be possible. It's it's got to come because it is it is a a massive massive shame. And also, what that does is it limits it to the top tier of PS Plus as well, doesn't it? You can't get the PS3 games yeah. in either of the lower tiers because obviously it's a it's part of the streaming service that's only available on the top. So hopefully they can hopefully they can they can improve that. Um, I think that'll be just just a nice thing for uh, for PlayStation Four and Five owners. Even if it's limited to PS5 because of I don't know power requirements for the emulation or whatever, it would be would be nice. 
I, did, I didn't bother with the top tier. Uh, game streaming for me, yeah, that, that really didn't appeal to me, if I'm honest. I, I'm more than happy with the collection of games that I've got. What's the middle tier called? Is that extra or is that the bottom one? I can't remember. Yeah, extra. No, the extra, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. so I went with extra. extra. Premium. That's it. Yeah, no, I went with extra. And I'm having a great time. And like I say, call me a cheap ass. Although I don't, I don't think you can because some <laughs> of these games to this day are still 70 quid. So I, I had a dabble in Returnal. And Just I a dabble? So well, Luke hasn't I did, convinced you to, pl- to play no, it No, well, hang on, hang on. I didn't get over the precipice of it. I, I, I've i been around a few times and stuff and thought, okay, I can probably get into this. There's lots of... Okay, I'm going to sound thicker. There's lots of confusing things about it that I don't quite understand yet because I've just not played it enough. It's one of those games that you, you pick up as you go along, as, as, as is the case for most games, I guess. But I always had Demon Souls sort of digging its heels in the back of my head saying, you know, we should be playing this. So, yeah, so so I've switched over to Demon's Souls and, and dropped Returnal like a stone, to be honest, at this moment in time. Um, and I have just gone balls deep into Demon's Souls, uh, and that's where I've been for the last, I don't know, couple of weeks or whatever. So yeah. I, I've very nearly completed it, I think. But um, So are you going to wow. be jumping into like Sekiro or something at some point? Is that is that the uh, is that the next step forward in your soul's journey? Well, uh, okay. So forgive me if I'm wrong, because I I hate stealth. I'm more of a guns blazing kind of guy. So um, as far as I'm aware, Sekiro is a bit more heavy on the stealth side of things. Is that correct, Luke? Um, you can um, you can do stealth. It's it's a bit more like Elden Ring stealth. I guess. Oh, okay. Away. Right. So it's it's um in the in the uh, it's not an open world per se, but in the mm. in the kind of wide linear world, you can do stealth on certain enemies. Uh, uh. So it's an option, but when it gets to boss fights, etc., it's just yeah, it's straight balls to the wall. straight souls. <laughs> except, I think Sekiro, uh, its combat system is a bit different. Um. It relies heavily on on parry and other kind bit, of bit like uh, bloodborne. Um, a bit, probably harder. I think it's. Oh. I mean, I, I've. I mean, I've played all of those games. Sekiro is definitely the most difficult one. Oh, okay. I think uh, it requires you to play very differently. I think to the other games, um, and some bosses are very, very. Very unforgiving. There's a lot of humanoid bosses in these in in those games in Sekiro, so um, they t- t- tend to be super fast and stuff. Um, so uh, yeah, it's it's a bit different. It's it's a great game, um, but it's definitely a step up. And especially if you oh, go okay. from Demon Souls, which I would consider probably one of the easiest. It's quite Souls an easy games. one, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, I think the um, hardest one I've played is Dark Souls Three. That's that was a real, yeah, it's like, quite difficult. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I've not completed well, it. Harder just... than that. Right. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And that's yeah, the thing. Uh, I, that, didn't you? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, you had some comments around um, Elden, uh, Elden Ring, Scott. What was your What was your take? What was your hot yeah. take on Elden Ring? It, it, it's It's not a particularly hot hot take. Um, but I did start Elden Ring, and I got about fifteen minutes in. And I just thought I can't be asked with this and started playing oh. some something else instead. So. Obviously, I don't have too much experience with Souls games. Dark Souls 3 is the first one that I played, and I did really enjoy it. Did you complete it? I I did complete it, yeah. However, I think it's quite a taxing game, both mentally and emotionally in some ways. And honestly, I'm not too sure I'm over 
that. So I started Elden Ring and you obviously get to the bit where you first go into the open world. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's like a, I don't know, like a wisp or something that kind of shows you roughly what direction you need to go. So I went in that direction. Some big fucker on a horse turned up and I like, killed us in one shot. And I was like, nah, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, not really in, in, in the mood for this right now. And then I start Final Fantasy Summary. I think I need to be in the right headspace for that, that type of game. And <laughs> when, when that guy on the horse killed us, it just took me back to so many painful memories during Dark Souls Three that I'm just not not in the position right. to uh, to to move on to just yet. I will get to it eventually. I'm j- I, I think I just need to be in the right the right headspace for it. And I just wasn't in that particular moment. So so for me, I mean, this has been a bit of a gaming journey for me, I guess. So with the Souls games, you know, you battle your way through the level and you just, you know, you kind of scrape it with three pixels worth of health left and you're running out of flasks or whatever the health mechanic is, depending on what game you're playing. Uh, and then, like you say, you know, you get through to the boss and you've got three pixels worth of health. And of course, he just, you know, he, he just looks at you and you die, basically. And then, and then you obviously go back to the previous checkpoint and you think, oh, for you know, I've got to do all that again, but you don't. You can just what you don't realise is you can just run past most of the enemies. You don't actually have to fight them. You can just sprint past them all, get up to the fog door again, and go and do the boss with full health, all of your flasks back and whatever. So that was a bit yeah. of a learning curve for me. You don't have to fight everything, and it's the same for those what they call golden sentinels or whatever they are, the the, the the big knights on the horses. Just run past them. You don't need to tackle them at that point. And and it's even more prevalent in an open world game because obviously, you know, most games kind of channel you down corridors and stuff. And you can still just blam past things and, and dodge roll stuff. But in an open world, you can just take a, a wider arc to get there. And, that, you know, I, I, I yeah. quite enjoy that bit. But obviously um, that, that, uh, that didn't strike a chord with you then. No, and obviously, what, that's about 15, 20 minutes into the game. Like, it's not far. So, obviously, I've not given it a fair shake. But, yeah, just when that happened, I was just like, oh, am I really in the mood for, for this right now? Um, and because I knew I had Final Fantasy VII Remake I, I wanted to play, I thought, you know what, it's not. I got that, and I'll maybe tackle it um, a little bit later, a little bit later in, in the year. Um, I think one of the problems I had is um, I played as just a sword and shield guy in, in dark souls 3 and i thought right i'm going to try and mage yeah, in elden ring uh, i think that was a mistake hmm. because not only was i tackling a new game in the genre only my second game in the genre that i've played um i was then tackling it as a completely different class that i've never played before right. as well so i think when i do go back i'll probably just start a new character and and try it as something that i'm a little bit more a little bit mage? more familiar with I love the mage, and I think the internet seems to agree that it's probably the easier way to play. The well, well, that's that's why right. that's why I tried it, Pox. I thought, oh well, if it, if it's meant to be a little easier than try it, uh, but I think it was just more not being used to how to use the character more than more than anything. Not necessarily sure, yeah. not not vibing with it. Like I say, it was a very very brief um, spell I had with with the game. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I spoke to a friend, and I think I, I might play a little bit in co-op at the beginning, if if you can play co-op that early, maybe just to help me, help me get into <laughs> it as well. It's so. not easy. You've got to jump through so many hoops, but yeah. It can't be any harder than Dark Souls 3, because what well, a it's, the, it's probably the same. was. Oh, yeah, honestly. The same. I think me and you, Flav, found this, which was a real shame, is that when you kind of think, oh, I want to do some co-op, but maybe let's just go to the earlier area and just maybe, I don't know, just kind of wander around and just do something, farm a bit or that kind of thing. But the game only lets you do co-op in the areas where you have 
like a great enemy to defeat. Like in the beginning area, you've got the guy on the horse, and I think I won't ruin it, but there's some other kind of larger enemies relatively far away in the well, relatively close by, I guess, but far enough away you don't see him straight away. But if you've if one of if you're trying to go into someone's world but they've killed them all, the game goes, Well, there's no enemies for you to kill. Like what why are you trying to do this? Like, I'm not even gonna let you attempt to co-op. So that was the one shameful thing for me. It's like, oh, just just leave it as a permanent mode. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I found that really frustrating in, in Souls 3, Pucks, just the, the hoops that, like, I had to look up a guide to figure out how to play co-op. <laughs> like, I'm not someone who doesn't play co-op games very often as well, you know? Like, I was that, that was really, really frustrating in 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 souls um i don't know what what it's like in elden ring but obviously you've got two um just just uh, you've got to use embers and and you can only co-op if you're embered and and yeah it took it took me ages to to actually get it working which i think was you know it's probably by design because i guess they've they've used that for a lot of their games but it, it just seems uh unnecessarily um uh, I don't know what what, what the word convoluted. is. Convoluted, yeah, convoluted. Thank, thank you very much, Flap. Just to just to play a game with your mate. Um, I mean, some of the stuff, I, and I think you guys are about this up. I think the thing you touched on, Flap, about having to just run past enemies to the boss. I still did find that incredibly, again, unnecessary and frustrating because sometimes you would run. And like all it takes is for one thing just to hit you on on your run on your run past, and then you're on the floor, you've lost a lot of your health, and at that point you kind of think, oh well, I might as well just go back to the checkpoint and then try it again, so I've got full health when I get to the boss. But I think Elden Ring switches out where the the bonfire, whatever it is in Elden Ring, is pretty much at the boss, so you don't have to do that. It's much that kinder than right? previous yeah. ones, yeah. Which, which is which is nice to hear because I think there was one boss, um, I, you know, if you're doing it two or three times, fair enough. But like there were some bosses that maybe took me 15, 20 attempts. I can't remember which one it is. There's a guy with a sword in a church. I think he's like, oh, what's his name? Like Sylvan or something like that. I can't remember. We spoke about it on the show. Like he was, he nearly broke me during that, during that <laughs> game. It probably took me about 25 attempts. So having to do that run back from the bonfire to, to that foggy door that many times was just that was as soul destroying as the actual boss fight it's itself you know so i'm glad i'm glad that changed and like i say i will i will get to it at, at some point i think the thing with soul games though is that you know they do this kind of cool thing where there's just there's no pleasure without the pain behind it that makes sense <laughs> you gotta live yeah. the pain to experience the pleasure well that's the thing isn't it i think it's 95 percent <laughs> frustration and anger and five percent just pure elation, but that five percent feels that good. That the ninety-five percent is almost worth it when you finally beat that boss. That sense of relief um, of of beating it is unbelievably satisfying. Um, but the rest of it can be tough. By extension, then, do you reckon that feeling is what a lot of people can like? You know that thing when people say that, or rather from a designer's point of view, and they say things like, oh, the players don't really know what they want until you show them it. And obviously that goes for a lot of things in the world, whether it's a product or an app feature, etc. But do you reckon it's that 5% thrill of having finally overcome a challenge, which is arguably missing from some games, which, in our, you know, by extension, why people, I don't know, complain about modern games being too samey or whatever else? Like, do you reckon, this is an open question, by the way, but... Uh, is that something that's missing, or do you reckon it should only exist in a Souls genre, and just the rest of the world should be left alone in terms of in terms of the different gaming genres out there? Because I, I definitely appreciate the feeling of enjoying a game, finishing it, and then kind of being like, "Oh, 
uh, okay, I guess I'm done. And then you then plod along onto the next thing rather than things like Elden Ring. Again, like, I think like similar to Parks in the chat, it was also my first proper Souls game. And yes, I had there was something about being beaten again and again and then finally overcoming the challenge, which gave you that massive thrill. And it's it's something that I had not experienced much at all, not having played a Souls game much. And I think a lot of the internet, especially when you know when it was in its saying it's prime, when it, when it first came out, when it was all over the internet, everyone's talking about the game and how amazing it is to overcome these challenges. And oh no, you need to play it, you just gotta go over that hurdle. Like and you know, this is definitely a game which is looking like it's gonna be game of the year, right? And it's definitely oversold and surpassed expectations from from developers as well, right? So oh, let it, me let, let me pitch you a question then. Do you like roguelikes? Oh, like procedural generation-based stuff. Not necessarily procedurally generate, just the, the whole mechanic of kind of getting through, powering up slightly, having you dying and starting again and working your way back through it. No. When I hear the name roguelike in the title, I immediately get turned off by it. Because I played so enough you, in the did past, you, I think, oh, no, but no. Did you play Hades? I did, and I appreciate a lot of people love it. I didn't dislike it, but the aspect of doing run after run bores me after a while. Despite okay, getting it, it, further and further, it's after like yeah, maybe I just wasn't in the right mindset for it. But at the time when I did play it, I just kind of thought, oh, I don't want to keep doing this again and again. I'm done. <laughs> it's just souls, isn't it? Well, it's actually as I say, it's, it's, very yeah. sim- it's a very similar yeah, feeling. I think. I mean, I get that you you know obviously you if you beat a boss in souls, you've you've done it. Hmm. You know, it's done forever, and there's a more yeah. linear path then, but. I mean, it's essentially the same thing. It's just mm. right. I, I mean, there's more. Um, well, no, but it feels different because permanence like, from run to run, but but, but roguelikes are more progression by repetition, whereas like like for everything. Yeah, but it's not yeah. though. But, I don't know. <laughs> no, so I disagree. Souls is just a progr- It's just a series of roguelikes, one after the other, yeah. from boss to boss to boss. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but once you've done it, you haven't got to do the other shit again before you get to the next boss. No, you haven't. I mean, you progress much further, but but all of the mechanics you've learned in the meantime and all of your pickups that you've learned and all the power-ups then go through to you for the next fight, if that makes sense. So you progress as you go through. I think, for me, that's the thing that I like. Because when you think back to when you first started and you barely had a bow and arrow and a, a little blooming you know, letter opener as your main sword, um, to end up with this, you know sword that's twice as big as you and you know bows and arrows that can wipe out enemies in you know one even hit from, uh, uh. even from a gameplay perspective like in a souls game yes okay yeah you have to obviously repeat to understand the patterns and meet the boss but you do physically go to say a different location new locale maybe hmm. see new yeah, npcs yeah. when a roguelike you are you're thrown back to the same starting point with some more xp or whatever else and then yes you then have more potential to go further but at least from my perspective you're still going through the exact same experience just to push a bit more at the end and then just to go through all of that again. So I appreciate this is a, no, a bad it, take, but. no, I, I no, don't no, think no. it is pucks no, at, at all. I think, I think it's, I think it's fair, obviously different strokes mm. and, and all that, you mm. know? Um, I think one of the things that maybe roguelikes have, and is it roguelike a roguelite? What, what's the what difference? You, it, I think a roguelite, uh, is that, is, is it something to do with the, um, uh, the power-ups that you take through. Is it just the same yeah. thing? Yeah. Uh, uh, rogue, roguelike tends to be... Uh, it's a bit hard to describe, but a roguelike is something that's closer to the game rogue, uh, you know, the original rogue, 
um, in terms of difficulty, permanence, etc. A roguelite is typically something that's um, plays a bit like it, but as you say, flap it would have. It's a bit leaner in terms of the rogue elements, so uh, there's more progression from run to run. Uh, it's more forgiving. There might be checkpoints, etc. So, like it's um, uh, like Dead Cells is a bit of a rogue light, for example, um, rather than a rogue like. And Hades is a rogue like. Yes. Okay. Oh, thanks for that. Look, I've genuinely never really known known the difference. I've often just assumed they were kind of yeah. used interchangeably. Um, I mean, they're pretty, they are to some extent, but yeah, yeah, yeah there guess, is actually a difference. So. Yeah. Have any of you guys actually played the original Rogue? No. No, no. I'm not. <laughs> no. Yeah. What's, what it's, era? I mean, what would it be on? What era is that from? I've got is that no PS1? idea, man. But it's it's funny, isn't it? Because it's a genre that's named after a game. <laughs> I can't think of any other genres that have... Well, uh, Soulsborne games. Oh, yeah, I guess. Rogue. Yeah, Rogue Souls is... The 1980s, apparently. 1980, bang on, apparently, is when it came out. Bloody hell. 1980. Yeah, so it's an arcade game, then. Oh, no, sorry, yeah. 85, 85. But, yeah, it no. was a... Amiga. Game, I think. Was it? Yeah, yeah, they could have just about found this way into the home. Spectrum. Mm. Holy shit. Um, <laughs> no, that's, uh, it's older, older than me, that. But I guess what, what you're talking about, Pucks, with the variety, um, I guess, that Souls games or Elden Ring or whatever gives you is different areas, different enemies, different NPCs, whatever. Um, with Hades, the variety comes from your play style and the abilities you unlock as you as you go because each run yeah. is different yeah. because you maybe use a different weapon I like and you that. obviously pick up different abilities as, as you go you're kind of building a new character with each run that make, means you approach that particular run differently maybe this is my so problem. the variety comes from a from a different perspective the right variety is there it's just not it's just not in the bosses or, or the mm. level it's in the playstyle the weapons and and, and things like that so remember that's my issue then because I know when I played Hades, uh, I say I didn't not enjoy it or anything. Um, just like it got old, but I definitely, you know, I did play around with the different weapons and stuff. Go, oh, let's give this a go. And that's then really if, surprising because I then loved Hades. If I didn't get, I if I didn't Hades. like the weapon, I'd just go back to one I did like. So it's, I don't know. Yeah, but there's nothing wrong with that because you, you know, we all have a preference and stuff. And there's one that makes the run slightly easier and one that's slightly more difficult. But then, from, I guess. What Luke, uh, from what Scott was saying, sorry, then maybe that's what's taken it away from me because if I'm not liking that certain weapon and going back to another one, or maybe I don't like the vast majority of weapons, I don't know. But if you're if you're playing the same style, going through the same stuff, run after run after run, maybe that's why I'm not getting into it. So yeah. okay, so my, my my approach to that is I would typically try and pick the same weapon and get as far with it as I can and probably complete the game. But as you're going, you're picking up other stuff that can actually help you with other weapons as well, potentially. Mm. Um, and then you try it through with another weapon. You like you say, Scott, you have to adjust your gameplay style slightly. But actually, you think, oh, actually, this weapon's even more powerful than the last one. I just wasn't using it right first time round. Yeah. What was the reason for using different weapons again? I can't remember. Like a different weapon would be highlighted. At the beginning of each run, I think what was they the... had. Didn't they have a buff? I think I think they had a buff. So that particular weapon that was highlighted in Hades, that particular one for that run, had a, a certain buff on it. I can't remember. Is that right? Yeah. I think didn't they drop more? I was going to say souls, whatever the equivalent of that is. Yeah, that that, 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 might, that might be right. Luke, can yeah. you remember? Because there was no. an incentive to mix no. and match mm. your weapons with yeah. each run. I just can't remember exactly exactly what what it what it dropped. But even if you use the same weapon pucks. 
your build as you go through that weapon will change from run to run. I appreciate, obviously, the variety, I guess, diminishes ever so slightly if you're using the same weapon, but, um, yeah, your build, your build changes. Maybe um, it's just the gameplay just time. doesn't resonate with me, though, because I know, is it yeah. Curse I mean, of the that's, Dead that's Gods as well, fair. which is kind of similar? I, like, I like Curse of the Dead Gods. I, I, like I was it. the same with that, like Hades. Like, I just get bored of run after run, and it's just like, oh, crap, yeah, all right, is this it? <laughs> yeah, but are you, yeah, but are, you inching, are you inching closer every time, or are you hitting the yeah, same no, brick no, I, I am hitting prog- I am progressing, but it just feels right. like a lot of effort to progress what feels like a tiny bit. And, it's like, and I'm seeing the same stuff okay, again. It's that's like, interesting. It's like, again, the comparison to, to Souls games, that, yeah, you repeat a boss and it gets annoying, but like a whole new element opens up after that, whether, you know, story progression, right. etc. But so, these so, games, so one, me, yeah. <laughs> so, so one thing that gets me with Souls games, and I don't know if you've encountered this, Luke, I, I can only imagine anyone that's played Souls game has this, is you, is you will you'll play the level and you'll actually get through the boss and then you'll continue into the next level and you'll be playing and you'll, all of a sudden you'll think to yourself, Christ, I haven't died for ages and I've, I've gone so far into this level and I haven't died for ages and it gets a bit scary at that point because you think... Fucking hell, I've got to start from all the way back again and stuff. And sometimes you can actually sail through the next boss as well. So, like, oh my God, this is brilliant. It's, I don't know. I just get an absolute buzz out of that kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, it does happen. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I've been playing um, Slay the Spire as well, talking about roguelikes. Nice. Um, I cannot beat that third boss. I can, I, I've got to that third boss so many times, I cannot beat it. Yeah, I've completed. I've, complete? I've, I've done have a couple you? of completed run, runs, and I haven't actually played that game in a while. I do. I do need to get back to it, flap, because um, mm. uh, yeah, it's uh, it's genuinely an, an an excellent an excellent game. That um, probably one of my favorite games ever. I think it's fair fair to say. Just the amount of enjoyment it it, it brings um, is is great. Um, speaking of hard games, though, have, has anyone checked out the Cuphead DLC? Because that's that's no. almost no, souls like in nature in a way, in the, in the sense mm-hmm. that you're just beating your head against the wall. Um, no one checked that out. No, uh, hmm. I guess Cuphead for me. I, I enjoyed Cuphead. Like I say, I got to the B level where you have to sort of go up the hive. I don't know why I stopped really. I should have carried on going. I think someone else took my attention at the time. But yeah, I'd, uh, that would be a tough one to get back into. I think. Yeah. Depends if you just, Mom, if depends if you love boss rush experiences. That's basically what the game is, right? <laughs> well, yeah, but we've just been talking about that. We're kind of souls and stuff, so that is obviously my bag. But with something like, see, I find I don't find souls for uh, souls games frustrating because I know I'm going to die, and that's just part of the process. Whereas something like Cuphead, I get so frustrated with it. I don't but know you why you're going to die know. in Cuphead. Yeah, Surely. perhaps it's a mindset. Yeah, no, you're right. Perhaps it's a mindset. Yeah. I just need to shift my mindset on that one. Because back in the days, you know, you didn't really want to die in games. Whereas with, like I say, some of the modern style of games, you just you just know you are. And that's just part of the game, I guess. But Yeah. Nah. So going, going back to my- the time when each death was 20p or whatever it was. <laughs> well, I, yeah. I remember the, yeah. metal, the Metal Slug arcade machine. That I sunk far too much money in just trying to survive as long as, long as I wanted. Twenty p. So, Imagine that. Twenty five yeah. goes for pound. Bloody <laughs> hell. Might have been a bit more than that. It was a, it was a long time ago. So, yeah. uh, look, uh, are you interested mm. in the Cuphead DLC? I'm interested. Did you enjoy the the original? Uh, yeah, I, I didn't actually complete the original. Like, I got um, maybe halfway through it. I think from memory. Um, I am interested in the DLC, but I think um, Cuphead, like, 
I don't tend to bash my head against like roguelike or Souls games too much. Sometimes Souls games, depending on the boss, you know, everybody struggles with particular bosses, I think, on those games sometimes. With Cuphead, I found it all very difficult all the time. <laughs> so, um, uh, to the point of frustration, and I don't yeah. think that's that's the game's fault uh, because it's just a difficult game. But I think almost because it's a 2D game, it can be a bit more difficult to kind of judge hitboxes and stuff. And like, I found that particularly mm. difficult in, in Cuphead. So I'm always a bit like, oh, it's really great. But I have to kind of, as other people have said, be in like a particular frame of mind. So I will get the DLC. Um, but I don't know when. <laughs> when I can yeah, face I'm it. Same, I'm in the same boat. The, the one thing that the game's missing for me, and I've tweeted about this multiple times, um, is if re- I really just wanted to have online co-op. It's got couch co-op. Um, I just... I don't... Well, obviously, I understand why it doesn't have online co-op. It's not like that's just an easy thing to implement, and obviously, it's a very small team. But I really think that game would benefit from having online online co-op. Um, I was hoping they would add it as like a feature with with this DLC, but because um, it's got couch co-op, it's not like it's not a co-op game. It's got couch co-op, it mm. just doesn't have have an online board. And I think that would make it much more um, fun and tolerable because you can, if someone's down, you can pick them up. Um, uh, you know so, what? So. I, I- Whenever I played Cuphead in co-op, it made it twice as hard, <laughs> in my personal opinion. Honestly, you got so much more stuff on the screen to see, and, and yeah, it made it harder for me actually. Multiplayer, I, I found it easier in single player personally. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting because um, I think I've completely lost my muscle memory for Cuphead, so I would almost have to start back at the beginning. I think learning the buttons and the parry and you know all of those kind of things. Yeah, if I went back to it, I, I'm, I would have to start from from the beginning. I think flat. I don't think I'd be able to to jump in game, from from where I am. Random question: Do you reckon the game? What do you think of the game's appeal now? Because I know when it obviously first came out with the 1930s cartoon style, it was everyone loved it. Mainly, I think not just for that reason, obviously, but that was a large pleaser for a lot of people that this style was so aesthetically different, not really been done much before, that a lot of people were drawn into it, regardless of how difficult the game was. But you know, it's been a good number of years now the game's been out. This DLC has arguably been way overdue. Um, but I kind of got to a point when when it was first announced, it was you know, I was quite excited for it, I was quite into the game still at that point. But then since its initial reveal, it's been what a good three, four years since then, when it was meant to be out like the year after, whatever else, and it's taken much longer than that. But for me, I, I've yes, maybe I'll jump into it at some point, but as of right now, I'm in no immediate rush to the point where it could well just pass me by and I'll just never bother because, as much as I think the art style was fantastic, I don't think a lot of people are going to be that bothered about the game for that reason. I think you just have to love the boss rush mechanic. But you know, do you agree with that statement or am I just? thinking in the wrong mindset i think that's how it would be for me it just passed me by i've got so many other things to be getting on with <laughs> yeah i think uh, speaking about the art style though pox i think you know it's been five years i think since the original game release i'm pretty sure it was like 2017 um was it 2017 um i think it's been five years i'm going to quickly lock that up to make sure i'm not talking out my arts but um yeah 20, 2017 september 2017 yeah. so almost almost five years um and I think the art style still is fantastic. And the reason it was 
um, I think, so appealing originally is because, as you said, no one's ever done anything like that before. Um, but I think even five years later, still no one else has done that. So it's still something that's really unique um, to Cuphead and is still a, a big appeal because it just, it's honestly, I think, one of the best looking games ever made. I think the way that they've nailed the art style and the animation and to think that it's it's all hand-drawn um, as well is absolutely bonkers. Um, so I think that still does um, hold a lot of weight. I think it is. Um, you reckon people still buy the DLC for that purpose? Uh, well, I'm thinking at the end of the day, the game you have to love the gameplay to really want to spend another fifteen quid, whatever it is, on the yeah. DLC, right? I think it's 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 only like seven quid. I think actually, which is probably worth mentioning, it's it is dirt cheap. Um, obviously, you've got to play the original game. It's not like it's a sequel, so. Obviously, if you like the first game, then I imagine the DLC is going to be appealing. Um, or if what you've seen about the DLC is appealing, then you'll go and buy the original game. Um, so obviously, because you need the original with it not being a sequel, then obviously as a standalone thing, it's not necessarily going to work because you have to have played the original to a certain point to get access to the new the new island. Um, but I think it's cheap enough. Like I say, I think it's like six ninety nine, seven ninety nine in 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 the UK that uh, anyone who enjoyed the first game to even a, a small extent would would still be interested in this. Mm. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I did, did, I'm guessing speedrunners would love something like that as well. I don't know how big the community is speedrunning around Cuphead. I can imagine it's pretty huge. Yeah, I imagine. Um, I did watch... Um, uh, was it um, some games done quick recently? One of the games done quick. I don't remember, mm. recall if Cuphead was 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 on that. Actually, I would li- I would actually really enjoy to uh, really enjoy watching someone speedrun that game. I think just to see. Well, that bloody to... tra- that trailer for the new one that's coming up. Like I say, that was just perfect. I don't think they got hit once. It's like, oh my god, that's like god tier. <laughs> yeah, the guy who was playing that was an absolute Fucking boss. Hell. Yeah, so yeah. Level designer, I should think. Yeah, um, I, was, I was just going to bring into the conversation um, God of War as well. Obviously, that we've got a launch date for that now, and it is going to be this year. Um, and and all of the various um, versions of it you can get. Luke, I was just wondering what one you were going to go for, mate. Was you going to go for the the top one, or because the top and the middle are kind of similar? I think it's the hammer that most people would want, and you get those in both the top and the mid tier, don't you? Yeah, I'm. I'm a bit. Uh, I'm a bit undecided if I'll get any um, version other than just you know the game. Hmm. Um, I, d- I don't tend to buy collector's editions anymore. Um, not to sound snobby, but they tend to be a bit cheap. Like a, you know, not like not well, not particularly well made. I think actually, I watched the video for the uh, the God of War one, and the hammer actually looks pretty cool. Like they put some effort yeah. into it; it looks quite weighty, so that's cool. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of uh, my my tastes have evolved uh, slightly on that front. So um, I'm hoping, I don't think they've announced it, but I tend to like the additions like Nintendo do where they have like um, uh, like a slip case and then an art book and maybe a special you know game case and like other trinkets, etc. I really like those ones. So maybe if they do something like that, I'll get that. But I'll probably, I'll probably just get the, the, the digital version and just leave it at leave it at that and maybe see if there's another collectible out there to represent uh i mean, I mean there's many collectibles out there to represent god of war so yeah, uh yeah 
Maybe I'll no, no, one of those. No prices have been dropped yet either, have they? So we don't really even know what no. we're kind of dealing with. But. Yeah. But yeah, but there'll be, I mean, for the Hammer versions, it'll be, you know, well over £100, I would think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, I reckon something like 180 and 250 for the top one. Something yeah, along those lines. Yeah, it usually kind of roughly works out about that, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm, that's interesting. So, uh, you know, Puck's got, you know, he's, he's got a War Ragnarok, not the sort of thing that's going to tempt you into buying a PlayStation 5. Because I have to say, Demon Souls graphics, just to hark back onto that for a second, absolutely <laughs> blew me away. It's like, oh my God, <laughs> I didn't realize how pretty that game looked until it was, you know, natively on my screen and stuff. Um, what what's going to be what tempts you tempts you over to to get a PS5? Do you think, or if at all, Scott? Because I know you're obviously playing on PC and you you're relying on their their PC release strategy to perhaps to fulfil that side of things. Yeah, well, we actually spoke about it last week. Um, I was talking about my little mm. backlog of PlayStation games on PC: um, Final Fantasy VII, um, God of War, Horizon, obviously soon to be Spider Man, uh, and if the rumours are to be believed, of the leaks are to be believed, Returnal. Um, as well, which to be fair, I'll probably jump straight to Returnal when it, whenever that drops. So it it doesn't necessarily appeal to me right now, but that's because I've not played the first one. Um, I will get to the first one this year. Um, wow! And I imagine oh, yes, you I'll mentioned that wait. last week, didn't you? Yeah, you haven't yeah, played yeah. the first one. So I imagine I'll wow. just wait until it eventually comes to PC because I, I kind of suspect the window between console and PC versions of the games is just going to get shorter and shorter. Um, well, you say that, but you're still going to have to buy the PC version. So is it not cost-effective in the long run, perhaps, to get a PlayStation 5 and get the, the PlayStation Plus things where you will have eventually get these things for free? But then it's it's a four 500 quid purchase of the console plus, um, plus the PlayStation Plus subscription, um, of which you'd probably need at least the extra tier um for, for for these games and that doesn't really appeal to me too much at at this moment in time um mm. so it, it might work out a little bit more cost effective in the long run but um i think i'll stick to the pc releases for the time being and the main challenge is first of all just getting your hands on hardware is still unbelievably difficult second and i've said this before and i'm not taking the piss when i say it i genuinely don't have somewhere to fit a PS5, <laughs> um, where I would wow. want to play it in my living room. I would have to put it like on the floor or something, which I'm not, which I wouldn't really want to do. Um, it, I've checked it wouldn't fit in my entertainment center um, where I've got some other things at the moment, like my Switch. I've had to put my Xbox behind the TV because that's too big. Um, so there's no room now for the PlayStation 5. So I'm hoping that maybe in the not too distant future, they'll release maybe a slimmer version of, of, of the console. But for the time being, I'm happy to, like I say, play play on PC, and um, especially considering they seem to be more committed to releasing the games on PC with the likes well, of How much, I mean, console. I think Returnal is still selling for 70 quid, I think. So how much are the yeah. PC versions of these games? Um, just as expensive, I believe. Um, so it's not going to take too long before it's actually cost ineffective, if that's the case compared to PlayStation Plus and getting a PlayStation 5. Because if, if these are 70 quid a pop, you know, it's not going to take too many games for, for all of a sudden yeah. to become not worthwhile on some I mean, there's, there's also the argument for just getting a disc console and just buying the discs secondhand um, yeah, or on, yeah. on, on sale yeah. a bit later as well. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how, how that how that pans out, I guess. I would like to get one 
like I say, in the not too distant future, but I'm, I'm happy with what I've got at the moment. I'd like to say I've got a bit of a backlog, so maybe my opinion will change. Maybe I'll play God of War and it'll blow me away that much that I'm like, right, I need a PS5 to, to play God of War later, later, later this year. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how, how that pans out. No, fair to So just a quick one. We've got um, UK Dazarus who's listening to us in the bath. I'm not sure how I feel about it, if I'm completely honest, but there we go. <laughs> Uh, and Parksy said he doesn't quite understand why, you know, the, the amount of love that God of War 2018 gets. Um, put 10 hours into it and uninstalled it. I guess, you know, I guess it's not for everyone. Um, I think graphically, because I played it on the PS4, it just blew me away. I didn't, I, I didn't think I'd ever see anything of that graphical um, fidelity on that current, on that particular generation. So to have a, a new one come along on the on this current generation, um, the now gen. It's quite exciting to me, and I, I liked all the gameplay mechanics. I think you do have to get into it. I, I, again, for me, it was like, right, what, what's this game all about? I hadn't really played many of the previous God of Wars, but I, from from what people have told me, they're, they're quite a different beast anyway. But um, So, Pucks, um, you've got a PS4. Lots mm-hmm. of, you know, even God of Wars coming to both, you know, current gen and, and previous gen. Um is there anything? What, what's tempt? Because we were talking in the green room that you'd like a PS Five. So what, what's yep. tempting you towards that? Because as far as I can think, you've got Demon Souls, Returnal. There aren't too many PS Five only titles. So the only thing apart from those would be a graphical upgrade. What, what's enticing you in to get a PS Five? I suppose it's the the readiness, I guess, for what is coming. It goes right. for both platforms, really. But it's the readiness, future proofing. Um, right. You know, again, as Scott was saying, not PS Five in particular. Again, hardware shortages, chip shortages, all that kind of stuff is still making it very like even more difficult than it was when I think you managed to pre-order three way back when, whenever it was. Um, so if I can, I'd like to hopefully by the end of the year, I'd like to think I can get my hands on one. But equally, I'm not in a massive rush. Um, I'd be quite happy to play God of War on a PS4 for now, uh, knowing that I can do the upgrade in, uh, in the future. Uh, I think the one game which I would definitely want a PS5 for is. I know it's not announced or anything, but it seems like it's a bit of a, a rumoured open secret that Ghost of Tsushima 2 is being worked on in some description. And I think there was also rumoured that, you know, even if it is if it is the case, which I'd like to believe it is, it is going to be a PS5-only game. It's not going to be, you know, back compat. Yeah, back compat is you know, obviously on the, on the decline anyway. So that would be, I think, the one game that would... I'd need to have a PS5 in my life by the time that game releases. <laughs> well, even if it releases, releases on PS4? Even if that game releases on PS4, I would definitely want a PS5 for it, yeah. Okay, that's your well, tipping point, is it? Yeah, but I'm not saying I wouldn't do it for God of War. Um, it, it depends. It's easy for me to say certain things now, but it depends on the financial situation at the time, right? But uh, hmm. yeah, I suppose we've got, Ratchet, we've got um, Rift Apart, I don't think was on the PS4 either, was it? So no, no, no PS5 only. Off the top of my head, there's three games straight away that you would benefit from from having that console for, I guess. And to be honest, all three of those I think you would love as well, those games. But oh, well, no, I, de- so Demon Souls. I definitely want Ratchet and Clank. At the time when it first yeah. came out, it definitely wasn't a game worth a 500 quid console. Not that I could afford it at the time anyway, but uh, mm. <laughs> it wasn't quite the tipping point. But yeah, the, the library needs to ex- needed to expand a bit more. And I think like Xbox as well, it, it's kind of getting to that point where we're getting into the the now current gen only stuff, which is going to you know start really showing showing the power of the systems right and all that kind of jazz, as well as starting to build up that library again going into twenty twenty three and twenty four. So that's probably my tipping point for me at the latest. 
Yeah, fair enough. I mean, for me, I mean, I think the subscription services on both <coughs> platforms are really important. Um, That's also in Task Me as well on the PlayStation. Well, yeah, well. but don't forget, don't forget the subscription services are, are in two parts. You know, when you first get it, you've got all of these brand new games to play, and it's all exciting. Particularly if you've got loads of games you haven't played, and then, and then what? It, for me, the interesting point will be what Sony does next and how frequently they're going to either update the service uh, and probably more importantly, stick first-party titles. I can only imagine mm. Ratchet and Clank's coming next, but I don't know when. Uh, how is that? Well, a lot of people surprised think, uh, Returnal, weren't they? I'll go on, Luke, sorry. No, uh, yeah, it wasn't... Um, I think there's a rumour that next month, along with Stray and others, um, at least to the extra and premium tiers, um uh final fantasy 7 integrate is is coming to okay it. all right yeah yeah so that's you know a big that would be a big uh, one, not yeah. first party but yeah i mean it's mm. effectively first party at this yeah, point yeah. um yeah so a big big title with the dlc mm. um so that's for people who don't have you know that's a great addition uh for people that has a really great ps5 port as well really really good uh so i think that's good um and yeah as you say it'll be interesting to see how you know what the, what they add. I think they'll they won't rush into adding first party because I think you know they want to burn through the you know as many sales as they can of this stuff. But Ratchet can't be too far away. I don't think maybe this year. Um, but they might want to save stuff. They might not you know so so they can have a proper cadence of this stuff. Um, so uh, yeah, it'll be great when that game comes to the service as well. I think for people because that's a it, it- terrific game. Exactly that. I was ex- I was expecting Ratchet and Clank to be part of the lineup, but when it wasn't there, it's like, oh, okay. Well, they're holding that back for yeah, wait, a slightly yeah. later date. Then, hmm. in terms of announcements, yeah. I think Sony have said that obviously the monthly games are announced on the I don't know the last Wednesday of the previous month for the next month to roll around or whatever. But then for the extra plus premium stuff, whatever it's called, uh, that's been like mid late into the month or something is when they get refreshed or updated. So I think a lot of people are wondering, well, when are we going to find out about the first refresh then since it's all launched? And I think a lot of people are expecting it in the next week to two weeks to to see what these announcements are. So it'd be interesting to see how they kick off the, the first refresh, I guess. Yeah. I imagine they'll probably try to go quite strong um, because they'll obviously want to convert as many just regular PlayStation Plus customers over to either extra or premium. In order to do that, they're going to have to go pretty hard with the with the additions, I think. It'll, I mean, we don't know what the uptake on um, the extra and premium tiers has been so far. I imagine pretty good because the library seems excellent. Um, but if, you know, depending on how that's going, they may be more tempted to bring things forward or something just to help, um, you know, increase the pace of, of that conversion or, or, or that uptake so um but looks right you know if something like fan fantasy 7 remake um comes that, that's an excellent get um i think that would be um a, a pretty good statement of intent from playstation maybe uh, to show us what to expect sort of month on month you know if we're getting games like stray day one um, Fan Fantasy 7 remake uh, integrate. Uh, I think that shows that they're they're pretty committed to it because if you look at PlayStation Plus, um, their monthly offering there is generally pretty good. Especially as someone who doesn't have a PlayStation and I look at games with gold and compare the two, um, and they're not even close. So uh, if they have a similar quality of monthly games on extra and premium, I think uh, that'll be pretty good 
for, for the service. And those leaks are pretty accurate as well. And every every month, I'm pretty sure, look, if, if I'm if I'm right, those uh, those leaks nail them. I don't know how they do, but they're, yeah, I'm pretty sure they get them right it's every always, month it, the It's moment, usually so. some, some, you know, Brazil or something like that, <laughs> like the Brazilian <laughs> yeah. PlayStation, you know, tweets it like, seven days early or it's just found out seven days it's just ridiculous but yeah they're usually usually pretty accurate so i think you can expect final fantasy 7 uh next the next round yeah that's interesting i've been holding out for that so yeah i've not played that one so yeah i'll wait for that you mentioned something earlier scott around getting the the disc version um mm. Obviously, because you know you can go and buy the disc versions of games a lot cheaper. But obviously, it, uh, it cropped out or popped out this week that there's some uh, some licensing issues around some some PlayStation owners that have bought films uh, and TV uh, box sets and stuff, um, potentially losing av- uh, losing access to those. Uh, I know it's not quite the same as games, but it does demonstrate the vulnerability of digital purchases and the licensing around those and stuff. Um, a bit disappointed to hear, to be honest. I think um, it's only in Germany and Austria, but and perhaps there's very specific things going on in, the, in that particular territory. I don't really know. But it's always a bit disappointed to hear, you know, digital purchases of things being sort of revoked and, and you know, no longer having access to them. It doesn't, doesn't leave a particularly good taste in the mouth, does it? Because... You know some of these some of these other things that we've potentially paid for digitally could at some point just not be available to us. And I know it's a, an age-old yeah. argument this one, but here we are with a live demonstration of it to, to some degree. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's a massive shame. Um, mm. I think obviously this isn't necessarily too uncommon where things are maybe delisted. Um, that happens regularly. You know, we see um, on Game Pass like Forza. All those games are delisted because licenses with music or cars in particular won't run out. The uh, the reality with this one is, though, even if you've previously purchased the game, you now no longer have access to it. Yeah. So it's not like they're just preventing people from purchasing that particular content. If you previously purchased it, you no longer can, can access it. Um, and I guess that is one of the risks of our all-digital future. Um, and it, it really highlights the fact that we don't we're not buying anything really here where we're purchasing a license that gives us the ability to uh to access it and you know the terms and conditions effectively give them license to revoke that access um at any particular time um i've seen i guess this is on a slightly different uh, topic but i've seen people who've had their xbox accounts banned for one reason or another whether the ban was justified or not fair enough but you lose access to your library um in in a lot of cases at at, at that point um yeah and it, it kind of really does highlight the the risks that that you guys have or not not you guys everyone has myself included i'm 100 percent digital now um i've actually if i open my drawer to my left i've currently got this is my entire physical game collection i can probably count them one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirty four fifty sixty seventeen eighteen nineteen i've got 21 physical games and the, all of those are, well, the majority of them are Switch games. And um, that's my entire physical game library. Um, so if anything was to happen, then, nope, good, goodbye games. Um, yeah, which is um, which is a shame. So hopefully it's not a sign of things to come and it's just a one-off. Well, I'd like to think as a consumer, we, we could and should be protected on some level. Luke, is there, any, is there any way that there could be any governance around this, do you think? And, and you know, I don't know about force companies, but at least make it clear to, to 
you know, people that are buy, buying these things digitally that actually at some point in the future you may no longer have access to this? Uh, well, I mean, you are told about that when you sign up for, you know, any of these stores, um, T's and C's effectively, that it's all, you know, evolving digital licenses. You could lose access to your content. I mean, there perhaps should be made clearer um, on, on yeah, sign up, but... Mm. So if I was to go into the Xbox store and buy something digitally, I, I don't have to sign. I don't have to tick an agreement. Uh, no, do you know no. What? But but you're using you're using the store. So effectively, you're you know you're submitting yourself to to whatever the terms and conditions of the store are. Mm. Yeah. There'll be something you... that says upon completion or by completing the purchase, you are agreeing to these terms and conditions. Exactly. There, yeah. There'll be something you, you get the, the yeah you get that you get like that checkbox on PlayStation yeah. as well. Very similar. Mm. Um, and it's up to you if you read it or not, essentially. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's just one of the foibles of, you know, consuming digital content effectively. Like I, there's not really much, I guess, consumers can do about it. I mean, maybe if it got to the point where it was kind of ridiculous, uh, withdrawal of things that you've bought en masse in short time frames, they would, you know, probably regulators would step in and think about what could be done. Um, it I feels think like this, we're a long way from that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I can't see that happening unless something totally ridiculous happens, to be honest. But I think, you know, with those films on the it, it's not sony's fault uh that that's happened this is studio canal uh with yeah. you know paddington john wick they just said look our licensing has changed with a content provider it seems like they may be pulling it from basically a lot of storefronts um to put it in something else so it looks like that's maybe what's happening and they've just withdrawn the film so um nothing really could sony can do about it it's not their license um wow. so it's a shame for people i don't know who who you know has been rushing out to buy paddington uh digitally on on playstation but there you go um so when it gets to you know uh games i think it will impact people more um i think the only game that i can think of that does this uh in recent memories probably forza motorsport where mm -hmm. after a certain while it's not at least purchasable because licenses have expired yeah. from many years ago and car models, uh, music, etc. Yeah, so, they, pulled, they um, pulled Deadpool as well for a similar reason, I think. Yes. Yeah, that's right. So um, it doesn't typically tend to happen with games, um, but uh, it can do. Um, so I think just be vigilant about it and, you know, uh, but there's not really much recourse, you know, if you do. I think it's just a risk you take. It's just kind of, uh, yeah. you know, something that if, you know, the way to mitigate against it is to buy physical if you want to do that. Um, and that will get you around it some part of the way. But, hmm. yeah. But in the world but of subscriptions, games... you know. Well, yeah, yeah. You know, that's a, an entirely different, uh, well, it's, I guess it's a similar situation. But if that subscription just ceases to exist... Um, yeah. You know, with Game Pass, you, you know, how much in five years' time people will have spent however much on the Game Pass subscription, and then Microsoft one day could just say, actually, Game Pass isn't available anymore. Um, mm. And then, um, but yeah. that's the risk that you take with Spotify, Netflix. Uh, it's kind of the yeah. future that, that we're going for. Just on the subject of um, like the terms and conditions, just very quickly, I've just gone to xbox.com when you go to buy a game. 
It says by selecting buy, you agree to store terms of sale, including usage rules for digital goods. And obviously yep. they're both links. And then in one of those, um, in bold, it says you may lose access to your capabilities of, uh, or, sorry, you may lose access to all capabilities of digital goods or have the nature of your access changed, uh, if any. And then it lists a whole host of reasons as to mm. why they could revoke your access to, to that game. So. Yeah, you know, it's just the, the it's a bit, risk that, it's a bit scary. That take. It's a bit scary when you put it in those terms, but it, like you say, it's always been there. It's nothing new, I guess. But mm. yeah. Mm. Do you know um, Psychonauts has owned Psychonauts Two has only just I think this week just had a physical release. It was digital only up until this, this yeah. past week, I believe. Mm-hmm. The I, I never even realised that. Yeah, yeah, that's it. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, there are games that you don't even get physical releases of, and obviously, particularly indie games. Um, yeah, yeah, there is no physical release, but and hmm. th- that's um, one of the reasons why it's actually I'm pleased. Uh, although I personally won't take advantage of it, um, it's why I'm pleased Xbox is now working with limited run games. Um, hmm. They've typically been um, heavy on Switch and PlayStation, and Xbox didn't work with them up until recently, which meant some games that previously only had digital releases and um, did get physical releases on playstation and and switch um thankfully xbox now working with limited run games so there, there will be some um physical releases of those those indie games um if they if they do them which is nice but you're right yeah some games you just physically do not have the ability to um to to purchase them um uh, f- physically which yeah again is is a is a little is a little scary just the world we live in, I guess. Pucks, I know this is a topic close to your heart, and you also will need to get underway if you can. But um, yeah, any closing thoughts on that one? What digital sales? You mean digital purchases? Yeah, just in general. Uh, well, I know I've said in the past that I love buying physical, but I have, especially in recent months, I have been going more and more and more digital. I think the only system I do seem to mostly stay physical is Switch as the others have said, but I've not bought a physical Xbox game, mostly since Game Pass and stuff, and even things like Elden Ring I had digitally as well. Um, Again, PlayStation, having now access to the PS Plus service, obviously all that's digital. Uh, I think the only games I may well be buying in the future, um, even then, it might even be physical, but I think Modern Warfare 2, in terms of buying another game, because I'm really looking forward to that one, uh, I'll probably end up just doing that digital as well, because it's getting more and more to a point for me where What's the point? Because <laughs> I have an instant library here. You know, if I can just download it, it's it's just much easier and a lot more convenient. I know a couple of months ago, I, I wasn't saying this quite so strongly, but things change. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, apart from Switch, which I think is uh, not, uh, not that I'd ever sell a load of games in bulk necessarily. I, I, know, I never know what the future holds, but I don't know. Switch games tend to hold their value, dare I say. Well, Nintendo stuff in general, especially first party yeah. stuff. Um if for no other reason, it, that's one reason why I like to buy physical. Uh, yeah. But now outside of that, yeah, the convenience of digital is 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 the way the world is going. But I equally agree that yeah, it's it could potentially be more and more of a minefield if, as you say, you maybe you, you accidentally do something, or maybe I don't know, you, maybe maybe you're not awake in a particular night and you accidentally click a spam link and then your account gets hacked and you've lost all your access and. For, and the, the amount of horror stories I've seen online of people who have innocently somehow lost access and just can't regain it because the automated systems just ignore you effectively. And that's across yeah. all you know, different one platforms. Of, it's- one of the biggest offenders of that is actually on the Quest and Quest 2 with Meta and Facebook. There was some 
because you know I know I know they they're not necessarily quite as gaming focused as perhaps Xbox and PlayStation should we say I know they've got quite a successful platform going on there with the Quest 2 and stuff but because it used to be linked to your Facebook account if ever you did anything that the Facebook didn't like and the Facebook police came along and, and struck your uh, account then that would include all of your Quest games and everything you've purchased up until then as well but wow. like you say with no comeback um, you know, you'll be talking to a robot uh, and, you know, there's only a certain amount of times before they come back and say, you know, computer says no, and that is the end of the matter. And it's like, oh, okay, brilliant. Um, yeah. yeah, buying into a new ecosystem does have its own risks. And I think, you know, I think we're relatively safe with Sony and PlayStation, not um, not um, perfectly so, as has been demonstrated this week. But like Luke said, that seems to be like external influences that have uh, you know caused this particular issue so but i think with playstation games and stuff um, xbox games and nintendo you know as long as it's within their control we'll be okay but something like a new ecosystem coming along that would be worrying that would be well, worrying and meta is a good example of that as you say isn't it because yeah that, that that all exists outside of your gaming realm so to speak you know whereas PlayStation, yeah, I mean, yeah. arguably PlayStation, Xbox. If you got, you know, if you're online constantly bullying people, you may get a temporary ban or that kind of stuff. But you know, you, I have, I've sometimes seen articles of people complaining they've been banned because they've openly hacked their system to try to, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like try to circumvent all the security walls, yeah. and then they complain yeah. while they've been banned and yeah. lost all their access. Is it like, well, mm. yeah, because you've obviously voided your agreement <laughs> but 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 at least they're they're pissing around with their own account with facebook and they have addressed this now i think you can own a quest without having to link it to your facebook account but of course you know you're you're, you're linking an external account technically it's external still a, to it's still account. a meta account though flap it's still a, it's still it might not be yeah. facebook but it's a matter it's a matter account still no, abs- I, I saw yeah, the no, i saw absolutely. the announcement i was like well what what changes mm-hmm. you've got you got a matter account your Meta account will be linked to Facebook, whether directly or indirectly. If you yeah, got but a the thing account. is, if you if you screw up your Facebook account, it then won't affect your Meta account apparently because the mm, accounts yeah. previously were linked. It would affect both, but like you say, you know, don't forget linking it to a social media platform is quite dangerous because people, as we know, can be quite you know keyboard warriors and quite vocal. Uh, on social media platforms and if that is directly linked to your gaming platform you know this would be a good example imagine if you had to have your twitter account linked to your either xbox or playstation account you might find people behave themselves quite a little bit more on twitter if there was the risk of them losing all of their games and stuff on xbox (laughs) be an interesting one wouldn't it but that's kind of what we're talking about i guess yeah Poxy just put Stadia as a perfect example. If Google uh, Google pulled a plug, um, yeah, and say goodbye to the games, I guess. Yeah, and, and that that's one of the issues I always had with Stadia is their business model just didn't seem right because not only have you got to pay a subscription to access um, the games, uh, this may have changed. Appreciate if this is any out, if this is outdated. Apologies. Not only do you have to pay a subscription to get access to the games, you've then got to buy the games. Yeah, and yeah. Yeah, if if it goes completely tits up, which it effectively has, um, then th- there is a real risk that you've spent money on these games. Uh, and I guess if it's a subscription, it's a little bit of an easier pill to swallow. You know, if it was just you pay X a month and you get access to these games, um, then if it was to go away, some to Game Pass, I guess I say that is a slightly easier pill to swallow because it's like, well, you know, if I got rid of my Spotify account to switch to. I don't know, Deezer or whatever, you know, 
fair enough. I, I, yeah, I, I haven't purchased anything. Um, yeah, but that that is the the world we live in. You've actually well, let's just go on. I was just saying, the whole Google stuff. I know in America, Amazon also released their own gaming thing, didn't they? And then yeah. when that was first announced, was it oh, is it going to be released elsewhere in the world? And I don't know, we've heard nothing of it since. So I'm wondering if it's in the same boat as Stadia, where it's like, oh, actually, yeah, you, they've got what well, they come to the realization that oh, they're not games companies, games companies run completely differently. Uh, but we're not going to change our infrastructure for that, so uh, we'll just kind of let this project slowly live on life support. <laughs> yeah. But then, as you say, then you have the risk of you know, people have made those big purchases on there because you know, games aren't cheap. Yeah, but Luna is just yeah. just on the Amazon the, the, the uh, Luna service that is more akin to Game Pass, so you can't actually buy games on Luna. Oh, okay. As right. far as I'm aware, it's purely a subscription. But the way they work it is, you kind of got Luna, which is I don't know ten dollars a month or whatever, and you get access to a section of games like Game Pass. But then what you can do is you can buy what they call I think they refer to them as channels. So I think the main one, there's probably more now, but Ubisoft had a channel. So you would pay a base $10 a month, and then you could pay maybe an extra $5 a month or something, and that will give you access to Ubisoft games. So it's essentially like a Ubisoft Plus add-on to your Luna subscription, but it is purely subscription-based. You can't, as far as I'm aware, you can't actually purchase just outright any game on on, on Luna, um, which like I say is kind of what I more expected Stadia Stadia to to be. Hmm. Okay. Well, let's just end on a very quick one. E three. Let's talk about E three. <laughs> Anyone surprised to see that they're trying to come back again next year? I wasn't super surprised to see it because I kind of felt like there was rumblings about it returning anyway. But I think a lot of people are obviously now questioning, you know, how good's it going to be? Because I think some of the, the brief news that I did read up about it when it was first announced. Um, was that it's now being controlled by another, a completely different production company or whatever else. I don't know if this, the full specifics. Yeah, it's Reed, Reed Pop. The guys Reed who do Pop, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Because Summer Games Fest for next year has also already been announced as well. Yeah. He was very quick on that one. So, uh, <laughs> he wanted people to know that was in person, yeah. didn't, didn't he? I, I, that, that, did, that did make <laughs> us laugh. Hmm. I don't know if I'm is there space but... for both? Is there space for both of them? I'm guessing there isn't. Well, or is there? If E3 is able to bring back all of them, as in the big three, all in one camp, then... I don't think they can. Maybe there is a place, but yeah, as you're well, all nodding and stuff already, <laughs> I don't think they yeah. can at this point either. I, I think, don't think they can. I think enough well, is going the wrong won't, way. won't be back, because they were already yeah. out of E3 um, be- beforehand. Yeah, yeah. Even Xbox yep. was out of E3. I appreciate there was they're still part of the ESA, but their event was always separate. Um, oh, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. wasn't always. It, it they had their own event that went alongside E3 that your E3 ticket would give you access to, but it was in a different center. Um, it, yep. it was a completely different venue. Um, it tended to be the night before the main event, didn't it? So it was tended to be a Sunday night, I think, and then E3 yeah. was on the Monday. Is that right? Yeah, that, that, that's right. Yeah. Nintendo was the big one that always had a really big show presence uh, sorry show floor presence i should say um i think they were arguably the the biggest um i think the last e3 physically three i think microsoft had a mixer booth like on the actual e3 show floor and then they had their own thing because if, if i remember rightly uh, and please correct me if i'm wrong the if you remember the xbox stage had all of the consoles or pcs on the stage mm-hmm 
and that's where like their show floor was. They they just invited people on the stage after the show. Um, yeah, like I said, and then on the actual E three show floor, they had a mixer booth of of all things. Um, yeah, so. I mean, I actually really liked Mixer. It's a shame that that, that got killed. <laughs> Me too, mate. Me too. I'm I'm um, a little, still a little salty about that because I've used <laughs> Twitch recently, uh, like during the uh, Summer Games Fest or whatever, to, to stream events. And uh, the Mixer quality was always just, uh, and latency was always just significantly better than, than Mixer. Uh, sorry, than, than Twitch. Hmm. Yeah, Luke. What are your thoughts? Oh, sorry, just asking Luke, but... Yeah, well, again, I'll pass all pitches to Luke. I'm just, you know, is there enough space for both Summer Games Fest and E3? I don't think there is, and, we, you know, if there isn't, which one's going to lose out? And I think it's going to be E3, if I'm honest, but what do you think, Luke? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, I, I don't... Um, I think it's really hard to tell what E3 looks like now. Um, I think it's... Um, it's read pop, isn't it? That are that are effectively taking over duties on organisation and all that stuff. So I think, in terms of a you know show floor element, it will be pretty much as it was. You know, very close that sort of thing. I think they're very good at that. Um, I I don't know what you know the conference element of E3 looks like. It probably won't look anything like it has in the past uh, because it it already started to pivot away from that anyway because of people just dropping out. Um, and then Summer Games Fest, uh, I think, you know, uh, that will continue to do what it's doing. Um, it's more of a sort of malleable environment than E3. You know, I think Keeley's kind of fluid in in how uh, he likes Summer Games Fest to be uh, and what it, what, you know, how it does its quote-unquote events and integration with other publishers and platform holders, etc. So, um, yeah, I'd, I, it'd be really interesting to see actually what next year looks like, um, and the especially the Summer Game Fest in-person stuff, because it did have some of that this year, but it was very small, uh, and it was um, kind of press only effectively. So it seems like they, you know, it's he wants like more of a proper show floor thing. And to be fair to Keely, he's he mentioned this um before um E3 announced their big comeback. So I think he just wanted to drop it again to remind people that this is something that Summer Games Fest is doing as well. So we'll we'll see what it looks like. Um yeah, I, d I don't know. I'm kind of in a way I'm kind of glad E3's back in some presence because you know, it's nice it's nice to mark your calendar with that stuff, even if it's not quite going to be the same. And I'd always, you know, a bit of a bucket list to actually go there. So I think if it's back in some capacity, I'd, I'd really like to actually um, try and get there at some point. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I think it's just interesting. It's just, uh, but it's so hard to judge because what does it look like? You know, what is it? What is it? Yeah. What does all this look like next year? I mean, who knows? Um, I do find it funny as well because, like, <laughs> now you seem to have these like proxy fanboy wars uh, that arise now, where people are like, "Yay, freeze back!" because it's like a kick for Keeley. You know, it's like, right, we hate Keeley, <laughs> so we're glad that there's like how bizarre, like <laughs> this disdain for Jeff Keeley's like um, created E three fanboys, unbelievably. Um, so I found that yeah. quite funny. Um, 
yeah. yeah. Who knows what they look like? I don't know if, it, yeah. if you touched on it, Luke. Um, oh, sorry, go on, Flap. No, it's just as long as we get how our healthy dose of brand new games announcements and things like that, then I'm not massively fussed yeah. who is the purveyor yeah, of those things. Yeah. yeah, I just as long as we get that as a gaming community, then I don't care. Like I say, which quarter that comes in from, if I'm completely honest. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I think what we'll probably find is both E3 and Summer Games Fest will claim events as being part of their yeah. own. I think that happened a couple of times where Xbox was both a Summer Games Fest and an E3 event. Um, we'll likely get similar things with um, any event that happens around around that time. Um, PlayStation might not because PlayStation actually had the Summer Games Fest logo, I think, on their stream beforehand, but they've yeah. obviously not been involved with the ESA for, for some time, so maybe that's an exception, but imagine there'll be a, a little bit of that going on, and and honestly, there won't be too much different for, for us. The people who aren't going to with these in-person events, I don't think we'll really notice much of a difference, because yeah. if you think of E3 and years gone by, it's just a collection of showcases, a collection of announcements, mm. which... Well, for us all it summer, is, yeah. Yeah, all Summer Games Fest is, is a collection of announcement with an additional show in the middle that is maybe good at best i i don't think those showcases have been particularly great mainly because the publishers want to have their own showcase to show their good stuff understandably so um so it's the in-person stuff that's going to be the big differentiator and um the feedback from the media who attended the summer games fest this year which was their first dabble into the in-person event um they seemed really pleased and the, the feedback was really, really good. And that was only their, their first attempt. It was relatively small, but it seemed like the um, what they had put on was really well received by, by the media. Um, and that's going to be the challenge for E3 is if Jeff Keighley can do something in person and if he can grow that next year, um, then what is there going to be for, for... Why would somebody go to E3 show floor rather than... Summer Games Fest show floor or whatever whatever it ends up being. Um, yeah. Interesting. The game showcase side of things has got some competition going on. And like you say, hopefully we'll be the winners of that. But I just hope there isn't this desperate struggle for, like you say, fanboyism and, and people trying to pitch to one and not the other. And just as there's long as we be as desperate game... fanboys flap. Well, you know yeah, true. Yeah, no, true. But as long as we, in general, is, is the gamer community are winners out of this, then like I say, who cares? But. Yeah, be interesting to see. Be interesting. Bring back I know the Konami E3 showcases. That's what I say. We, we need, <laughs> yeah. we need. The one thing that I've missed about them being more digital is, and I understand why. If if I was in charge of any of these companies, there would be no chance I would want to do anything live. But as a fan, I do miss the live in person things a little bit because the of stuff. the yeah because of just the. Um, the potential for for humor, I think that that's some mm. of them bring. Uh, I don't think we'll ever see those days again, but um, we can dream. We wouldn't have ever got there. Is it Kazhiari, the Ridge Racer thing? And yeah, yeah. there was some, some comical moments there. Is it Peter Moore with the GTA Five logo towed on his arm? Just yeah, all kinds of yeah. silly stuff like that that goes on. But uh, yeah, yeah. oh, on on E three, one one very final thing actually, and this is more for Luke. Luke, did you see that they're going to release the Halo Two E three demo on Master Chief Collection oh, for yeah. modders, which yeah. which yeah, absolutely really cool. blows my mind that they're going to be doing that. that is incredible because that's not that's on yeah. a different engine. 
It's not even on yes. that engine. So the fact that they're going to get that that working, uh, that was a really, really cool piece of news. Sorry, yeah, just just, that, just yeah. there. That was such an amazing uh, demo as well back in the day. It was, uh, to, you know, seeing it. I mean, obviously it wasn't real. Well, I mean, it was real, but not not, <laughs> not in, in any yeah. way indicative of what we've got in the game. Um, but yeah, that's going to be a trip, actually, being able to play that. Because uh, yeah, I assume really models will model. quickly make it very playable. So uh, yeah, it's going to be very strange. It's kind of cool when when you know technology, you know modern day technology allows you to hark back and do kind of cool things like that, without a doubt. Mm. Fantastic. Well, thank you. I think we're going to round it up there. I know Pucks needs to be on his way, but um, yeah, just a collection of chat and topics, I guess. Nothing huge landing this week. Perhaps we'll, perhaps the, the gaming gods will give us something huge to talk about next week. But um, no, thank you, GPG crew. Um, yeah, I've had a good time. Chat, thank you very much for being here, whether you were in the bath or not in the bath. Um, <laughs> like I say, I appreciate you, you guys hanging around and listening to what we do. Um, Hopefully he's yeah, not in the bath anymore. It might otherwise, be out of bath by now. Bath. You'd like to think so. It'd be out wrinkly otherwise. <laughs> Surely. Surely it'd be wrinkly by now. But uh, no, thank you for that. Okay, we'll try and bring you as many shows as we can. I know it's been a little bit up and down lately. My my work, personally, my work schedule has gone nuts. Um, and obviously, you know, fantastic weather. Numbers are slightly down today. But who can blame people when there's a lovely day out there? And they could be doing other things like going to the beach or whatever it is that they're doing. So thank you for being with us if you have tuned in. Obviously, um, the numbers creep up after the show. And if there is anything that you've heard and you disagree with or do agree with, stick some comments down below. Hit the like, share and subscribe button. Buttons if you if you uh, if you're not already uh, subscribed and done those things, and yeah, like I say, we'll try and bring you a show um, as frequently as we possibly can, and we'll we'll let you know on the socials one way or the other. And uh, yeah, whatever it is you're doing, stay safe, happy gaming, and we will see you on the next one. <laughs>